This is Weirdly Enough, your regular podcast for strange stories and amazing facts. Delivered straight to your favorite podcast directory and at weirdlyenough.com. Now, here are your hosts, Andy and Len. Yes, indeed. Welcome to another thrilling installment of Weirdly Enough. Uh, we're back again. Uh, you can find us at weirdlyenough.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for us on those two uh, medias. And you can download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're all over Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on Audible, I think. I don't know. No, I don't know about that one. But we're on, uh, we're on lots of different ones anyway. Lots of ways to hear uh, your favorite weird stories. Um, a few months ago, uh, perhaps in the, in the last series, we covered uh, underground military bases. And this week, we're going to be looking at that again in more detail. This is about a guy called uh, Phil Snyder, I believe. It is indeed. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was in two minds about doing this. Why? Because you're worried a black car will arrive outside as we record this and uh, we'll be in a lot of trouble. Well, yes, <laughs> because, I mean, there's sinister forces afoot. Oh, all right. But <laughs> this is, I feel, very important information. Okay, yes, we'll have to get it out there. You could almost say this is an emergency broadcast. The thing is, when we record this and we get stats of where people have listened to the podcast, and always yeah, yeah. early on in, uh, in the stats, there's somebody listening to, like, Washington, D.C., that's a bit worrying. Yeah, so I think we are being monitored. So hello to, to anybody out there that has to listen to this dribble so, for a living. I, I, this is not dribble. This is extremely important. <laughs> that this, this is, you know, the command post of, you know, the information war. It must be somebody's job. Just every time a podcast goes up, they, they put on the headphones, listen to it, just to make sure that it's not uh, giving away some sort of terrible secret. It'd be pretty. It'd be pretty cool though if that happened, like you know. Yeah. Because at least you know, at least you you know you'd you'd be making your mark, like you know. Yes. Yes. Uh, we're <laughs> indeed. Uh, so uh, who's Phil Snyder then? What uh, what did he do or discover? Well, basically, I mean, this is we're going back to this idea of the the dumb, the deep underground military bases. We did this last year in twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, and I think Phil Snyder might have been briefly mentioned. But he was a very interesting bloke because um, he actually worked for the US military as a contractor, right, as an okay. as a, like an engineer uh, and a geologist. And I he had an IQ of one hundred and sixty three, and he could speak eleven languages. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, he first came to prominence in various conferences and survivalist expos yes. in America in the nineteen nineties. Where he basically um, gave us a kind of what he said happened when he, he was building, you know, the, the, these bases, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, it all really kicked off in 1979. He was employed by Morrison Knudsen Incorporated, which is, I suppose, like a some sort of military contractor. But what he was basically doing is he's working on a deep underground military base at Dulce. Or Dulce, New Mexico, which apparently is very infamous, you know. Uh, how deep underground are these military bases then? Hundreds of Pre- feet? Pretty, pretty deep. Basically, yeah. um, they drilled four holes into the desert, and Phil's job was to go down the holes and take rock samples uh-huh. um, and basically see what the best explosive was to deal with the rock, because the idea was you'd literally be blasting sort of big caverns out yeah. underground, uh-huh. for, you know, for the, for the, um, for the base. Um, 
so basically him and a colleague, which is basically like a, a soldier, went down in like a, a retrieval basket. So they were lowered down and they were down about a mile underground. <laughs> so these, I mean, that surprised me because when I thought of underground bases, I maybe thought, oh, you know, maybe a hundred feet maybe a couple of hundred feet because I mean I've heard of bunkers being that type you know, well, would like, that not be like incredibly hot would it not be I, w- I would imagine you see I, I don't know like I'm not a geologist I, yeah. I don't know I don't know how far you'd have to go to kind of get the height if, if that makes any sense yeah, I don't yeah. I don't have the scientific knowledge but I would imagine they know what they're doing and okay. I would imagine as well because I mean I know normally if you go underground you get like a steady yeah uh-huh you know, because I don't know, I mean, I have always had a weird kind of, I've always had a fascination with underground stuff mm-hmm. since I was a kid, you know, like mines and, and underground stuff and bunkers yeah, uh-huh. and tunnels and all that kind of cool stuff, you know, I always enjoy going on like London Underground and stuff like that, just the crack, you know, because yeah. mm-hmm. you're underground, it's cool, like, you know. Uh, and I always like military stuff, so when you combine the two, it's always very fascinating for me, but just as an aside, one of my favourite Traps when I was a kid was to you know the, the German underground hospital in Guernsey. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely fascinating. Didn't want to leave. Absolutely fascinating. Oh, yes, you know because just been underground the whole kind of it's like been on a film set. Oh my god! But anyway, as an aside, I was thinking about that the other day because I was preparing a bit of research for this this topic. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I was coming across lots of stuff about underground bases, mm-hmm. and in Jersey, apparently. It, it's I think a couple of hundred feet under a mountain or a right, hill. Yeah. Um. So it's it's kept at a steady seventeen degrees Celsius. Right. Uh-huh. So I think normally if you go underground, it's fairly even temperature. But as you say, I don't know. Maybe if you go to a certain point, it gets too hot. But anyway, we're, uh, we're getting off topic. I find some answers on Cora here. Yeah. Apparently, the rule of thumb is an increase of about twelve to fifteen Fahrenheit per thousand feet. So at a right. mile underground, it would be sixty Fahrenheit above. The surface temperature. That's pretty, that's a lot like that. Yeah. So uh-huh. the, the, the nine main means to maybe control. Yeah. Because like I said, I mean, I've heard of underground bases. I know, you know, there's a big one, um, near Moscow for the top boys in Russia. And that was about 300 feet underground. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and the idea was it would be far enough away from any targets and deep enough underground uh-huh. and with concrete and stuff. You hopefully be okay if things kicked off. But I've never heard of a mile down. I mean, that's no. very deep, like, you know. Well, the but deepest mine is the Tatumna mine yeah. in South Africa. Four kilometres deep. Right. Four kilometres. It's water cold. Uh, but the rock face is 55 degrees centigrade before the, the, the water cools it. So, so yeah. this is actually quite a claim this guy's making about being yeah. a mile down. Yeah. But anyway, they got a mile down and they reached a large open air expanse. I don't know if that was something that had been already blasted into the rock or if it was like just a natural underground cave system. Uh-huh. But to the shock, they encountered two seven foot tall grey humanoid creatures. Greys. Greys under the, the bed. The infamous yeah. greys. Now, Phil Dre's pistol and began to fire, um, fatally shooting one of the creatures and heading the other. So hang on. Phil is actually the villain here. Why? Shooting us? Yeah, yeah should they not have like. I mean, maybe they were attacking him. I don't know. Maybe they were benevolent. Yeah. But anyway, he got blasted by a ray gun. Right. Okay. So he got uh-huh. zapped by a ray yeah. gun, uh-huh. and unfortunately, he lost three of his fingers. Yes. Um, and, and he reckons it gave him cancer later. Reckons, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He was because by the nineties, he unfortunately he was suffering from cancer. And he reckoned it was Jada Ben. Right. Zapped by the ray gun. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, 
they went for help and a whole lot of our squaddies came down to tackle this kind of whole base of grouse and it became an all-out war uh, and and a war it was kept hidden from the public initially. Mm. Uh, but basically, um, they must have sort of signed some sort of peace agreement with the aliens because basically, for the last two years of his life, Phil went on a lecture tour. Now, this was sort of 95, 96. Um, and he started off talking about what had happened to him. Mm-hmm. And he got on to a deeper level and he basically alleged that the government were and the deep state. You know, we were always yeah, hearing about uh-huh. the deep state those days. They're in cahoots with aliens. Yeah. Right. Um, and basically, it's all connected with, you know, black budgets and underground businesses and, and, and whatnot. Um, but basically, he alleges that four treaties were signed between the aliens and the US government in 1944, yeah. 1954, 1962, 1979. Um, and it was signed in 1954. The, the Gretna Treaty was signed between the Eisenhower administration the US Navy. Right. And yeah. a species of grey aliens who originated from Zeta, and I, I'm not probably not pronouncing this right, Zeta Reticuli. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how far away that would be. Right. Probably light years away. Like, yeah, you know? <laughs> a long way away. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, the agreement allowed for the abduction study and genetic sampling of humans in exchange for alien technology, which is pretty reasonable. Yeah. To mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know... If you're getting all the maybe we got the internet from the aliens. Yeah. Maybe we got Why smartphones. Not? Maybe yes. all this cut technology. In which case it was a fair enough uh-huh. fair enough bargain, look, you know. Um so basically, um there's a facility here, right? Phil I don't know how he never really expanded on us, but he reckoned he was actually got invited to meetings, so he it obviously calmed down after the initial conflict with, with the guys, like, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. But he, he said that he was present at one particular meeting, which included high-level United Nations officials. The meeting was held in an undetermined underground location and not the UN headquarters in New York. Okay. And according to Phil, this facility included large, expansive meeting rooms, identical to the UN, and a raised seating area. Yeah. And in this elevated section sat loads of seven foot tall grey aliens who were dictating policy to UN officials. Um so he reckons the alien agenda had gotten so far out of hand that the US constitution no longer had any legal standing and international leaders were at the mercy of the Greys. Right. So basically the Greys are running the show. Yeah. So uh-huh. basically if you don't like the way things are going, you can basically blame the Greys. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Um now there's a number of um sort of things here that he he was alleging. Um, he said, by 1995, there were 131 active dumbs in America. Right. Uh-huh. So these fantastically deep, massive bases, 131 of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, approximately 1,477 in the whole world. <laughs> so it's loads of them. Now, each base apparently cost in... 1995 dollars 17 to 19 billion yeah <laughs> and took about one to two years to construct with the use of highly advanced methods of construction uh-huh. uh, that included melting rock using lasers <laughs> that reduced the rock to powder and then they smoothed out the tunnels using boring machines so i'm assuming i don't know if this was advanced technology that we're not aware of that, yeah that the government mm-hmm. invented or else um maybe this was taken from the aliens or whatnot you know and he claimed that these bases are massive and house thousands upon thousands of people. Right. And this 
get saved and there's maps of us you, yeah, you can uh-huh. look us up but it's, it's, it's like right down the rabbit hole kind of stuff now some of what he says makes sense some of it's a, it's a bit out there it's a bit out there okay magneto levitation trends connect all the dumb bases in the United States in an enorm- enormous transport system capable of speeds of Mach 2 or higher right underground trains is this yeah, yeah Mach 2 it's about Quite, uh, quite, be quite fast. Yeah, right. But I suppose if it's maglev, it's like these loop systems that uh, Elon Musk is, oh, is trialing. Yeah. You know, kind of uh, those kind of speeds would be possible. I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's very is... little friction and things like that. You know, if it's floating. He claims there's a whole other world down there that is filled with both human and alien life forms. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Nightmare Hall. No. <laughs> um, because apparently at this Dulce bus, because we could probably do a whole episode just in Dulce. You know, okay. It's quite a, a rich kind of um, rich topic, like, you know. But there's like all different levels. I think it's like level seven or something like that. It's what right. they call it Nightmare Hall. Nightmare Hall. And it's all like various kind of, you know, there's all the genetic experimentation where yeah. they've like mashed together genes of the, like the aliens and, and yes. people uh-huh. and whatnot. You know, it's all about gruesome, like, you know. Um, Area 51 is actually a complex composed of nine deep underground bases, and there's over 18,000 workers who live down there, like, all the time. Right. And are highly regulated and entirely veiled in secrecy, so they're not really allowed to sort of emerge yeah, from the there. bases. They're just sort of kept there all the time. Right. Know, working with, nice. Yeah. Uh, maybe the is good. I, I, I don't know, to be honest. Like, but the pansy you know. probably still have to live down there, because... You'd never be allowed back up again. I wouldn't really be... I wouldn't fancy it myself. No. To, to tell you the truth, like, you know. Um, now, Schneider alleges there are 11 distinct alien races on Earth, uh, and two of them are benevolent. Right. So, so probably most of are them are benevolent. Yeah. yeah. They're not very nice. So they're like, all you know. out for us then, yeah. Yeah. And basically, the alien agenda is the complete takeover of this planet, and they want to kill off five sixths to seven eighths of the world population by 2029. Right. Uh-huh. So this is their ultimate agenda. Yeah, coronavirus is caused by the aliens then, is it? Yeah. Well, you know, I wouldn't want to say that in case we got kind of shadow banned or whatever, yeah. but you know, um, this is really kind of, this is, this is like something, like, I don't know what, Star Trek or something like that. It's quite interesting. Or, uh-huh. um, what, what do you call it? Fang Mulder and Scully, the X-Files. Um, at least nine races of alien beings view humans as a food source. Mm. The good news is, I suppose, is they're not all cannibals. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, instead, they use secretions from the glands of humans and animals for the mixture of vitamins in their food, and some alien races can get high off adrenaline. So they're not say, eating people, they're using secretions from your glands. All right, okay. To get like high and stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. I assume some secrete more than others. Hmm. No, I don't. I will not go there. Um, now, the the that's all. That's all stuff about you. Know, the alien agenda was mainly in his last presentation. Um, when did he die? Did you say that before? There's a whole thing here. Sixteen days before he gave us presentation, Mister Schneider was shot in the shoulder by an FBI agent who wanted to kill him. Allegedly. Right. Okay. Allegedly. Yeah. Um. And it says here, Schneider shot and killed the agent in self-defense. Uh-huh. And he says he reported the incident to the FBI who dismissed him in the entire incident. Right. So apparently he was stood there giving a, pre- a presentation. Yeah, it's really bizarre when you get into this. Um, 
again, the whole fleshed out or saga, I mean, it's worthy of a whole series, to be honest. It's, it is down the rabbit hole, you Definitely. know, once, yeah. once you get uh-huh. into it, there's more to it. So presumably, I mean, the, the more you read the story of Fellow Schneider, the more questions. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming he was standing there with like a bandaged shoulder down his presentation, <laughs> saying, oh, I shot an FBI agent in self-defense, but yeah. I reported it and then they dismissed it. <laughs> so that's why I'm stood here giving a presentation. Uh-huh. Um, he says that 11 previous attempts were made in his life since he started speaking out. And he said that the DIA agent... What's a DIA agent? Some sort of security thing in America, isn't it? Drug enforcement agency, is it? No, it's DIA. This is DIA. And they said the agents tried to kidnap his daughter, but were unsuccessful due to his his ex-wife. He stopped them. Right. Which was handy. Um, He said 11 attempts were made in his life. He'd been shot at, pushed off the road, and run off the road. Uh 11 of his mates were murdered. Oh, it's the intelligence service, DIA. There you go. So it's not good to be mates with Phil Schneider, yeah. because mm-hmm. a lot of them were, were done on. Um, and allegedly eight of them were suicides. When did, when did he, he die, did it say? Uh, he died in 1996. All right. Uh-huh. And people think he was murdered in 1996. The police report said it was from natural causes. Uh, and the obituary um, given to the newspaper said natural causes. Uh-huh. Um the autopsy said he was killed by asphyxiation. Yeah. Um, and the researchers think he was strangled by a catheter cord that was wrapped around his neck. Strange. So he, it could have been like he was, you know, suicided, as they call it. You know, or because he was whistleblowing, you know, and, and speaking out and whatnot. Um, well, I was looking for Phil Snyder. I came across this guy who I don't think is the same one, but Phil Snyder, he's like some sort of strange country artist. You can find I don't him think like- it's him. Phil Snyder, if you like. I you'd be better off googling Phil Schneider Dulce or yeah, Phil Schneider Schneider UFO or something like that, you know. Definitely because to. he's you know he, he always wears a baseball cap, you know. Um, yeah, uh-huh. uh, so there you go. That that's the tale of Phil Schneider. Phil it's Schneider. pretty. It's pretty bizarre. It's very interesting. One to one to have a look at and dig uh, deep more deeply into. I, I definitely say to be honest. I, I think. Going forward, I think the, the Doms is something I want to periodically return to because yeah, uh-huh. it's a fascinating whole There's kind of so much there for me kind of get into like you know underground military bases. Yeah, that it. Uh, we'll be back with a few uh, short stories right after this. You know what I'm starting to find more and more uh, is that science fiction films from about twenty or thirty years ago are starting to become reality. Do you ever notice that? Well. That would be the subject of a future episode. <laughs> Good one. Well, they're starting to bring, they're talking of bringing back dinosaurs to life. Uh, I'll say, I'll DNA. I'll say two words. What? Predictive programming. Predict- All right, okay. Which is, is the topic of a future episode. <laughs> we'll but, cover yeah. that before. Uh, but of course, bringing back dinosaurs ended well, as we saw in Jurassic Park. Uh, do you remember the Bruce Willis film Armageddon? Yes, I always get that confused. Was that the one with your woman and her dad on on a beach? Or was Uh, that another one? Was that the one with Morgan Freeman and the limestone caves in the lottery? No, that was a different one, wasn't it? No, it was a different one. I always get those two, because there's the two asteroid ones in the night days, I always get confused. Yeah, that's the one where they went up and blew a hole in the asteroid. Yes, Love Tyler was on it. Yeah. And there was a young, handsome young actor, and there was a whole big thing behind him and Bruce Willis. Right, he was okay. The, he was yeah. Dad, uh-huh. yeah, he yeah, was yeah. in it, yeah. Well, it looks like NASA are going to, to try that for real now. Right. 
Uh, see, there's a space object called Diddy Moon. It might be Diddy Moon. I don't know. Diddy Moon, I'm going to call it. It orbits another rock called Diddy, Diddy Moss. Uh, I'm wondering where, when we're going to see mention of the Diddy Men. Maybe Diddy that's Man. where they came from, these rocks out in space. Mm. Or Ken Dodd and his Diddy Man. Anyway, Diddy Moon is about 500 feet wide. Uh, and back in 2003, it came, in relative terms anyway, close enough to Earth. Uh, it was only 3.7 million miles away. Uh, NASA have got a mission they've codenamed DART, the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, and they're going to send a spacecraft, uh, I'm presuming it's unmanned, uh, in the hope of redirecting the rock away. So they're going to smash this spacecraft into the rock and see if it deflects away, and, and then they, they, they can hopefully use that uh, with other near-Earth objects. Uh, so what could possibly go wrong, apart from maybe pushing it closer, or pushing it into Earth's trajectory? Well, you say there's a number of things that would worry me about that. I mean, first of all, um, what if it doesn't work? Yeah. Uh-huh. And and secondly, what if it works, but it pushes it closer? But then what if it works, but it smashes into loads of pieces? Yeah. Uh-huh, and it, it creates yeah. this whole sort of... You see, the whole fact, there's, there's been a number of these asteroids that have narrowly missed, and they, they, they only tell you after the fact. Yeah. Which is kind of a bit worrying, because... I suppose the thing is they wouldn't tell people in case they panicked. I know it could be happening tomorrow, and you know we wouldn't know. Because I mean, look at look at the thing with COVID. Yeah. And the, the, I always remember the toilet rolls. <laughs> yeah. I I remember <laughs> stocking up on toilet rolls and rubber gloves. A lady that I worked with, and it, that was just when the whole panic was beginning to break. Yeah. Um, so I'm t- I, 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 to be honest, I am coming. At, Turn on the Uncle Albert here from, okay. <laughs> from only during the during the lockdown. Yeah, uh-huh. I'll be sitting there in about forty years. Okay, with like the big white beard. Going, during the lockdown, you don't know what it was like. Twenty twenty something during the lockdown. But anyway, I was messaged by a lady that I work with. Yes, in a state of panic and desperation <laughs> because she'd scarred the chemists and garages. Of North Down and a futile effort to find aspirin and paracetamol. Oh, yeah, paracetamol was a big one. Yeah. But if that happens with COVID, can you imagine what happens? I know. It's, it's, <laughs> Look at the petrol crisis. <laughs> but I remember the paracetamol thing. I, I really laughed at it because I, I uh, used to go to a filling station in the docks right. and nobody was panic buying down in the docks. So there was always like plentiful supply. That's so. because it's, it's salty sea dogs and an honest working yeah. man, <laughs> ladies of the night, and ladies of the night. Who, you know they're on the, sort of they're unruffled by that sort of thing. You know. So anyway, in a statement, NASA said Dart will be the first demonstration of the kinetic impactor technique, which involves sending one or more large high speed aircrafts into the path of an asteroid in space to change its motion. So uh, here's watching to see if that happens. And uh, you do like a, a good drinking session, don't you? Uh, I've been known to, yes, yeah. The same was <laughs> the same was said for Bethan Mutla from northwest Turkey. But he got separated from friends while drinking in a forest. As you do. Uh, after he hadn't returned, his wife and family reported Mr. Mutla missing and a search party was launched to go out and find him. Now, I'm pretty sure I've heard things like this before, but he ended up joining his own search party. <laughs> To look for himself. <laughs> Did he not realise? It ended when members of the search party started calling out his name, to which he replied, I'm here! <laughs> it's unclear That's whether he'd be prosecuted for the endeavours, but all's well that ends well. 
And I know people love their pets and pay enormous vet bills to make uh, sure that they get the best treatment possible. But most people draw the line at goldfish, but that wasn't the case for the owners of 17-year-old bluebell, 17-year-old fish. Uh, uh, the fish is so tame she'll eat from the owner's hand and even comes up to the surface of the tank for a back rub. Uh, now, uh, uh, the vet uh, was called Hannah Jessup. She wasn't new to operating a fish. However, this is the first time that she was in charge of a procedure to remove a mass growing inside the fish's mouth. Mm. Uh, the most difficult part of the procedure was giving the fish anesthetic. Uh, she was submerged in an anesthetic solution before being placed on the operating table and staff were on hand to keep the fish wet during the procedure. And apparently Bluebell is much better now and living her best life. There you are. Living her best life. Mm. And finally, uh, on uh, well, here's a few more about pets. The funny stories, weird stories about pets. Down on the pet thing this week, a foul-mouthed African grey parrot who keeps telling his owner to F off has embarked on a new career of keeping frontline NHS staff at the James Cook Hospital in Middlesbrough entertained. Scooby's owner Lorraine said to the Metro, he is foul-mouthed, but he also really intelligent. He's an amazing boy and we love him so much, despite the fact he tells us to F off every so often. <laughs> Lorraine's oh. film, The Pirate Shouting, let me effing out, as well as look at this effing mess. Uh, and when asked if he's a good boy, he says no. The video entertains colleagues uh, in the covid ward Lovely. they are that's good yes and a runaway iguana has had to be rescued after sunbathing on the roof of his local pub in kent firefighters were called to the ship in in folkstown after uh, ronnie scaled the heights of the building was seen on the roof a local rspca officer who assisted the rescue did say however that ronnie suffered no ill effects from the incident and is uh, back home i assume now marvelous uh, and uh, drinking cans of lager instead of going out for uh, for a pint. Well, as long as he doesn't get lost in a Turkish forest. Oh no, yeah, uh, he might end up getting eaten. I remember saying a thing ages ago. It's better I couldn't dig it out, but it was a thing I saw on Facebook because in an effort to sort of try and get the old bit of material or ideas for this show, I've joined some esoteric groups on Facebook. There are some really strange groups on Facebook. Like and it's, really, it's one you know. of these things, you join one and you, you get suggestions for other yeah. ones, it gets weirder and weirder. But it, it was this thing, it was like weird photo, photos from back in the day sort of thing. And there was a picture of an Istanbul in the 1950s. Right. This guy whose job was to, he had like a big basket in his bag. Yeah. Oh, what was his job? Collecting iguanas? Collect drunk people. Right. And uh-huh. it, it's Kind of help him under his wee basket, yeah, uh-huh. and then he, he carry them, carry them home. home. <laughs> and they'd be like laying there, and this guy—he must have been pretty strong, like. Yeah. They'd, yeah. they'd be laying in this basket, and uh, you know, and they carry them home. Why wouldn't they get a cart or something like that I so we could know. wheel them it's home? Shopping trolley. So it's, and everybody needs to find their niche. And this was guy, this guy's niche. Yeah. Did he charge them? Was it? I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't think he'd be done it for free, like. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Istanbul taxi. Uh, okay, we'll be back next week. What's it all about next week? Fand- Phantom time. Phantom time. The missing time. The phantom time of apophysis. Okay, well. That's the word I can't say. Uh, have a great week, folks. We will talk to you then. Remember, like and subscribe. Thanks for listening to Weirdly Enough. Remember to subscribe to get the latest edition as soon as it drops. 
And don't forget to leave a review. Email us about anything we've discussed or with your own weird tale at podcast at weirdlyenough.com.